And here we go. We are Bar Crawl Radio. It's mid-March 2018, and today we're talking about guns in our neighborhood, all about guns. With me, as always, as I move through this wonderful life of ours, it's ups and it's downs. Okay, I'm not going to go there. Is my podcasting partner and sweetie, Rebecca McKean. Hey. Hello. Hi, I sweetie. might go there. Uh, well, yeah. All right. And joining us today is Alina Larson as a BCR co-producer, welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. All right, we're gonna we're gonna find all about Alina, and One she's, of these she's days, gonna right? come. She's gonna be back with us a little later in the show. Okay. As we talk about some activity, we had an extracurricular activity. All right, okay. Yes. So we, Alina helped out with casting our last program, and then this one also. And Miss Larson is a features print journalist, writing about everything from parenting to Paris. Oh, I gotta do that again because of the pose, right? Parenting. <laughs> yeah, we're working on Becky's puzz. Parenting to <laughs> Paris. Parenting to Paris to That's pets. not it. Okay. okay. And now she's a podcaster. She's very alliterative, too, obviously. Right. We're going to take all your P's away. Yeah. yeah. Get, well, but, I, but Alina gave you that. So what I got to write different copy right, yeah. for that. Yeah. yeah. No P's for yeah. Becky. So, but before we talk. You're from the left bank. No, no, that doesn't work. That's a Boy. B. That's no good either. Bank? Yeah. Okay, but wait. So we're talking about guns. No, but before. What? No, what before? before? There's no before. There is a before. There's, there's always a before. There's only an after. There's an intermittent little thing I want to talk about with you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, but first I want to give our listeners a kind of a background, okay? All right. So in the mornings, Alan and I get ready for the day. I am not. We're married, by the way. We are. It's so it's legal. For 37 years. Yeah. But I am not. Oh, God, I feel so old. Okay. A morning person, as you know. Uh, right? no. no. No, I'm not Rebecca a morning person. Not. And, I mean, I'd be happy if people would just, no one would talk to me at all. That'd be fine with me. <laughs> yeah. And so. <laughs> I'm sorry to know you're going to say something, Alina. Yeah. You're back on mic. Go yeah. on. Throw. So, Alina. I'm the same way. Okay. So, um, so I wear my um, very nice Bose cordless earphones in the morning. I listen to music or a story I'm listening to. And I think about... It's like living with a ghost. What I have to do for the day. Walking around. <laughs> what I have to do for you know. the day. And so and Alan... I'm, I'm, or I'm the ghost. I'm invisible. Well, yeah, but you have, you have finally acquiesced. You finally joined in. And now you... I bought you your own pair of um, cordless Bose earphones. So now Alan listens to NPR. And... But sometimes he has to talk to me. He just cannot. I, I, I have an important message. He can't stop you know. himself. Uh, are you so going to be in the bathroom for the next two minutes? Well, whatever it is. <laughs> so, he, so, so I told him that if he wants to talk to me, he should raise three fingers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a great yeah. idea. Right? So. I, I, I suggested raising one finger, but she didn't like that idea. <laughs> it might be the middle finger. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well. <laughs> All right. So we have to raise three fingers. It's like, three it's, fingers. You know, I'm beginning to feel like a Boy Scout. That is the Boy Scout. That is, right? That's the Boy yeah. Scout thing. But I thought of some, you know, to refine our ability to communicate uh-huh. with each other. Oh, you have other. another idea. Yeah. That I have some more symbols or uh, signals for you to send, okay? You can all do right. it all with your one hand, with the fingers on one hand. Okay. okay? Then I can use my other hand for other uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, if you like, whatever. It's the morning. So I have other things to do. Three fingers means I want to talk to you, okay? Three, I want to talk to you. Wait yeah. a minute. You're gonna, your fingers are going up and down. We're on radio, sweetheart. <laughs> This is not video. I'm going to gesture. That's what so I do. Your I just going up and down. That's what I do. Right. And this is right, like right in front of my face. Okay. All right. If you want to talk to me and I'm listening to something and I have to really, you know, focus in on it. Uh, it's important. I'm going to give you two fingers. I'm going to say, and that means, okay, just a second, honey. I'm listening to something. It's coming to, you know, the music is Christian. That's like a victory just, sound. I can't. Yeah. Two fingers. Right. Okay. Two. All right. We're getting to the one finger, I think. No. So then... <laughs> I'm gonna. Pa- I'm gonna like you. I'm sorry. This is. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. We're gonna bring this up again. That's all I'm saying. Okay, go on. I'm really gonna bring this up again because yeah. you should. Okay, I'm just, in a few minutes. I'm gonna bring this up again. Okay. <laughs> so no. Okay. So this is. Twenty-three deal. years married. You come. You come over to me. Will they and make you it to say, twenty-four? You. Tw- Thirty-seven. Will they make it to thirty-eight? 
Seems like we've been only married 10. Go on, go on. Yes. So three, attention, two, hold on. Two, I'm talking. Okay, I'm, 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 listening to some, but I'm listening to something. I can't talk to you right now. So then, if you really need me, you can come back with four fingers. Ah, four fingers. <laughs> you can say, and you can say. Four fingers. Four fingers means that, four, no, I it's important. I want to talk to you right now. I want to talk to you yeah. right now. Yeah, I got it. Four fingers. Okay. Four. I can't concentrate. Will you stop it, please? Okay, I'm stopping. Good. I'm, go. ta- I'm telling you my story. My, mm-hmm. I'm giving, trying to communicate with you, honey. I'm okay. listening. So then, so you came to me, and you said, I have to talk to you, three fingers. And then I gave you two fingers, and I said, you know, just a minute. And then you came back with four fingers, and you're saying it's really important. And then what if, if I give you five fingers again, let's say? Oh, we have a five-finger signal. I mean, two signal. fingers. If I give oh. you two fingers again, yeah, then you have a five-finger sig- signal. Oh you can say God. to me, five fingers means... Forget about it. I don't want to talk to you. Forget it. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. I, I okay. mean, yeah. I would now, love now, to see this in action. There's more to this. There's more to this, yeah. So, obviously, we've left out one finger, right? Mm-hmm. So, I just want to tell you what that means. Mm-hmm. Which okay? finger is it? This is what it means. It means, what? You asked me to take my headphones off. I took my headphones off. I said, okay. I said, I never want you to talk to me in the morning. I've said that many times. <laughs> and sometimes when you do talk to me in the morning, it turns into a diatribe on your part. And, and, or it escalates into an argument. And then I'm late for work. And I'm not happy. So that's what that one finger means, honey. If I ever give you that one finger in the morning. <laughs> and, and I just want to let you know. That is a clear right. signal. God forbid we should ever get to the one finger. <laughs> So, I think I think I think okay, I've got I've, I've I've got to kind of converse with my lawyer to say when the one finger moment happens. <laughs> Just don't let do it. Do I happen. have any legal rights don't here? Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking maybe I that one finger is the barrel action. of a gun. <laughs> well, I think that's what we got to talk about. In the right, few right, minutes, right. Yeah. So 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 I've been I've been thinking about guns a lot lately. Couldn't get ready for the show for one, but also you know the, the situation we're in in this country. And it occurred to me how nice it would be to have a gun for those moments which I'm calling the make-my-day moments. You know, those moments when, when you just need to let off steam. Something's yeah. happened, you just have to let off steam. Remember so, I said I was going to talk about it later? Okay, okay. but you will. But this first, is it. No, this is it. But first I want to play my make-my-moment mix. Okay, go ahead. This, play this is my make-my-moment mix. Make it. When you just, play it. You just have to have a gun at that moment. Here we go. Go ahead, make my day. From my cold, dead hands. Why don't you finish the job? I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But Ian, this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Knock, knock. Say hello to my little friend! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, shit. Oh. The disease. And I'm the cure. How do you like your ribs? Fill your hand, you son of a bitch! The only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. It's a Smith and Wesson. And you've had your six. You're out of bullets. Yeah. And you know what that means. Your shit out of luck. Okay, so so that those were their make my day moments, but uh, I, I have I have just like when do you want to have just it'd be nice to have a gun. Okay, listen. Yeah. A few minutes ago, when I was trying to get my story out, you and wanted, I said I'll tell you in a minute. Uh huh. <laughs> that was my day. My what is it called? Make, make my, my day, day moment. moment. Right. If I had had a gun, you would not have wanted me to have a gun in that instant. Though. That's right. Well, you, all you do is take it out and put it on the table. So, That's all uh, I would have yeah. to do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of my make-my-day moments, because uh, I was thinking about this, it doesn't have to be important, but if I have the gun, like, right there next to me when, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing my, my stuff in the bathroom, 
And there's, there's a thing that happens when I'm trying to get the end of the toilet paper. We, we've all come at this, and it's like you're trying to find the end, and it's like, where is the freaking end of the toilet paper? And like and you start turning it and turning yeah, it. Yeah, Centrifugal yeah. force yeah. is going to kind of like make it fly out. into the thing. I just want to take my gun out, just run the toilet roll, roll yeah. right in the toilet paper. I, I, don't, I don't think the toilet paper it. would mind. Just kill it. Kill the toilet I paper. I think I'd feel a lot better. Yeah. 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 So yeah well, Elvis Presley so, uh, used to shoot his Alina, TV. Alina, do you have do you have a make my day moment when it would be nice to have a gun? You know what? I I feel like I get the angriest on the subway. <laughs> um, Guns on the when subway. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, this is just a good. No, it's good. I would say you know at my angriest is when there's not enough room to sit, and right. I'm a person who will just you know perch my tush mm-hmm. if I need to sit. But the people, and I, I gotta say, going. they're mostly men who uh, just jam their way back. That is my moment when I would imagine a gun in your hand, in my yeah. hand, yeah, okay. just to hold it. And yeah, no, but don't. And then uh, don't they do the man spread too? And then the man spread, the man spread. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're, you're, that you're, combo. Pull out the pistol. Put it down on your lap. That's it. Yep. Just, yeah. just put and it if, down. And if nothing happens, just cock, a message. Cock just it. look at them. Right. Yeah. Just look at them. Yep. And, exactly. And hopefully yeah. they don't. They don't that have. Would be yeah. my they don't have something for their make my day moment. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Well, do I have time to tell my mother's story? Just uh, I'll, I'll make it. Sure. Quick. Go ahead. Make it quick. So mom had this idea that we just have a lot of guests waiting, but yeah, go okay. ahead. So mom had this idea that everyone should carry with them in their car a gun, but not a gun that shoots bullets, a gun that shoots darts, that would stick to the car you know so you'd shoot at them and so somebody cuts you off you shoot them with your dart gun dart gun right yeah and then you know obviously that person's going to do something else you're going to cut somebody else off and someone else will shoot them with their dart gun so pretty soon this car is driving down the road with tons of darts all over it he gets a ticket he gets that's a, a great idea right yeah well there's, yeah. A, there's a flaw in it what if i really don't like my neighbor and i'm a real <laughs> jerk and I get my dark gun, and while they're sleeping, like all over the car. And the cop drives and the cop by, drives and, says, and the car's just parked. He puts right. a ticket on it. I didn't do anything. It was my neighbor. They don't like me. It's not a perfect solution. No. But uh, all right, well, we got that one in. Yeah. And we'll be right back after some gratuitous gunfire from a variety of high-powered automatic rifles. This is Bar Crawl Radio. So we're talking about guns on Bar Crawl Radio, and um, Beck, you, you and I, and, and actually Alina, Alina too. Uh, we went to the West Side Pistol and Rifle Range on West 20th Street. There is a rifle and pistol range in Manhattan, and we did that a couple of weeks ago to experience guns from the other side of the barrel. And we were, as I said, we were joined by Alina, who Wait. has, yeah. Have we ever experienced guns? I haven't experienced it from the either side. No, I did once, you know, but... Oh, that's right. Right, once, oh, but that was a long time ago. That. I was that's right. shooting at a, at a yeah. beehive. Um, no, I was thinking about something else. And Alina, who's been a gun control activist since 2011, came along with us. Um, and here's a little, a little bit of sound from, from our visit to the West Side um, rifle um, pistol range. It is a felony for anyone to even touch a gun... A handgun. Unless you have New York City issues. No, New York City. Permanent. It kills all the shit in there. Is this gun smoke? Huh? Is this gun smoke? Uh, uh, rawhide. Rawhide. Okay. No, it's probably rawhide because I saw Clint Eastwood. Wagon. It's not rawhide, it's wagon. Because Clint Eastwood's in this so there it is. There, there's the sound from the West Side pistol and rifle range when we went there to learn to fire a rifle. We, we fired all of us the Ruger 1022 uh, holding uh, 22s, 22 bullets. So um, what, what, what was that like? I was the best, right? And come on. You know, I was the best. You you did get it in the center of, and I made uh, holes of the, that in the guy's holes. chest. 
many, many times. This, so this, I'm telling you, I swear to you. Now, okay, I don't know. Maybe the 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 the, the target was too close. I don't know. It, but I did a good job. But I had visions. I was asking you now. What do you have to do to get into the Olympics? I mean, because obviously I am talented. Obviously, this maybe it's something that I could, you know, foster here and uh, start training. And yeah, what happened to you? Okay, so what happened was I was injured. Yeah, and you're and you're wearing this. Uh, I got tennis elbow from firing 50 bullets, and because the gun, because I guess my elbow took. You stopped all after 50 because they gave us 72. Not you got 72. I got 72 bullets. Yeah. yeah. So I um. Oh, we, we, have, so we have someone on the phone right yeah, now who we're going to ask to kind of move away, yeah. and then we'll cut this out. Miss? 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 Hello? Hello? Miss? Of course she's she's totally Hold ignoring us. I'm going to go talk to her. Okay. Maybe she's our next guest. There we go. You know, we've never had that happen. No, Where no, someone no. kind of just comes into our space and, and starts talking out yeah, loud yeah. on the phone. I think I'm just going to leave it in there. We'll it's bring okay. her in. She's part of it's the interview. Real life. I think she might be you one know of what? Our, our next guest. That was a make my day, make my day <laughs> I moment. I know, right? If I had a gun, I would have shot her phone. You know? Alina, am I going too far here? <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm, I'm a little crazy. That. I understand that. I mean, so that people feeling, just they get on the sure. phone. It's like they're oblivious. We're up here with mics. With a set, we're Obviously. talking to each other. Obviously. And she just doesn't even notice. She just and, comes up. Okay. It's like, where is my pistol? Uh, uh, and I'm happy that you don't have one right now. Boy. All right. So that's the question. <laughs> so how about you, Alina? How was it? How was that being at the rifle range? You know, I, I felt like there were several surprises for me. One, I was really nervous about it. Um, and it turned out to be fun. Now, I think part of that was because... It was fun. The kickback wasn't as strong, so, right. um, you know, I think it just, you know, felt like a tamer uh, practice than I thought it was going to be. Um, and then the other surprising thing was, you know, I, I think part of our intention of going there was to try to find a New York City gun owner to be on this show. Part and I was reason, yeah. really, yeah, part of the reason. And I was just really surprised at how uh, suspicious and wary everyone was. Um, and, well, flat out everybody refused. Exactly. <laughs> so wait, tell us about, tell the, our audience about your experience and just going on you know, social media to ask for yeah, a volunteer. Yeah, so, right. So before, you know, we decided to go to the pistol range, I thought, well, let me try to uh, go on this New York gun forum. And uh, I guess I was really naive about that as well because I got a similar reaction. Um, everyone who responded was either uh, mocking me or just very suspicious or outright hostile. You have a whole sheath of paper of, of uh, the readouts from your I do. responses. I didn't realize how many people and they were they were responded. quite nasty. It was pretty nasty, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so that was really surprising and disappointing. It ranged from um, nasty to, you know, honey, let me explain this to you. <laughs> you yes. Know? Yeah. Um, right. You're not going to get it. You're not going to no. get anybody. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's very interesting because the whole premise of this show was to start talking about guns in a very realistic way from both sides. And we've had a hard time to get, we didn't, weren't able really to get anyone except Marie is going to be, Marie Dellis is going to be on it. She, she's a sharpshooter, a Marine sharpshooter. Right. But pretty much no gun users. Right, yes. Well, you so know? Marie will be our representative. Right. And now yeah. we have used guns. So how was your experience, honey? I loved it. I, I mean, I would like to, I'd like to go back and, and, and do it again. It's a little expensive. Mm. But um, I, would, I would love to do that. 75 um, bucks a session. It's 75 a session. You can go back and get a yearly okay. uh, thing if you pay another $300. You just have to pay for the bullets. Gotcha. Right. So, yeah, so I don't think I'm going to go that far. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think I am either. It's. Um, it was a bit scary at first, but then we started firing the guns. It was. It was. It was fun. It was a hoot. I enjoyed it. Okay, so that was our experience at the gun show, and uh, we'll be right back after this little musical interlude.
Today we will be sp- we will be speaking with John Corbett, a civil rights advocate who writes the blog Professional Troublemaker, and also Marie Dellis, a Marine veteran and sharpshooter and gun safety gun violence prevention advocate, Shannon Van Esley, the leader of the New York City chapter of the Brady Campaign, and Johnny May Robinson, a member of the Brady chapter and an original Million Mom marcher, both advocating for stronger gun law licensing laws. We will be right back. This is Bar Crawl Radio. Subscribe to us on our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, and our website is barcrawlradio.com. Our first guest is advocating for his right to carry a handgun in public. This is a concealed carry in, in the city of New York. Mr. Corbett is a third-year law student and civil rights advocate. I came upon John Corbett's blog, Professional Troublemaker, in researching for this program. I'm not sure if he's a gun advocate, a gun user, a sportsman, guy looking for sensible laws, or as he calls himself, just a troublemaker for its own pleasures. Some of the stuff that he's done um, in his blog, Professional Troublemaker, is shown that the TSA nude body scanners can find bones but not guns necessarily. Uh, he won a $50,000 uh, case for being unduly fristed in a nightclub and a lot of other stuff. I do recommend his blog, Professional Troublemaker. Go uh, Google it and, uh, and take a look yourself. But another issue that he has been um, following and making troublemaking about has been involved with easing the handgun laws in New York City related to carrying a handgun outside the home. And recently, Mr. Corbett argued his case before the appellate division of the New York Supreme Court and we'll get to that part of his most interesting story about, you know, searching for that for that uh, for that gun that carry license. John, welcome to Bar Crawl Radio. Before we talk about the hearing before the New York State Court, in which you argued for why you should be given a license to carry a gun in the city, I want to find out a little bit about you. You originally a uh, technical expert turned into civil rights advocate. How did that happen? Thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh um, yes. I, it. I guess I just got fed up. I'm, I'm a, a big traveler and uh, going through the TSA 20 something times a year and watching as it continually got worse and worse uh, was what really did it for me. That was my first uh, issue that I ever uh, took on as a, a civil libertarian. So it, it, was the, um, it, it was the scanner issue. Correct. And this is the one where they had the real big one, which they use now. We have to raise your hands and, and it shows right. everything. Yeah. In 2010, they implemented those scanners that uh, you know, did show everything and, and used x-rays that were uh, almost indisputably harmful in large quantities. Uh, but so, they're still using it, aren't they? Well, they, they don't actually have uh, scanners that use literal x-rays anymore. They actually use radiation that's more similar to your microwave. So it's more like being cooked than... Uh, 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 yeah, I, I always felt like a little warmer after I uh, <laughs> af- after I left that. And uh, just just one more question, because I want to get to the to the to the gun issue. Uh, it turns out that they really don't work. They they work for some things, but uh, an adversary that's pre- uh, prepared, someone that you know, we we seem to at least think that uh, these these terrorists that were. Um, preparing for are, are smart and well-organized. Uh, with that kind of organization preparedness, yeah, they're, they're easily beatable. Okay, all right. Let's, let's get to the issue of, of the day. You, and tell me if I'm wrong in, uh, in, in uh, summarizing your goal here, you want to be able to carry a handgun in the city of New York, that is outside of your apartment. Uh, you have a license now to carry a concealed weapon in Florida, where you're also a resident, as, as I understand, and you can carry a gun in 36 other states. Is that right? I haven't counted exactly, but it's somewhere in the 30s. All right, I got, I got those from your, <laughs> from, your, from your blog. So somewhere in the 30s, you have the right to carry guns in 30 states. Do you carry, are you, do you carry a gun outside of the city? When I'm in a jurisdiction that allows for it, sometimes, yeah. Okay, what kind of gun do you have? Uh, my, my favorite is a, a Sig Sauer P238. It's a, a 380 semi-automatic Okay. Are, are, you, uh, are you an NRA follower? Or are you someone who advocates for NRA arguments? You know, I, I, I used to be an NRA member, uh, not because I agree with all their positions, because I, I'm, you know, as, as an attorney-to-be, I believe in the adversarial system that we mm-hmm. should have you know, a strong side representing each side of the issues. But I, I actually terminated that membership when they endorsed uh, Trump for president. I, I felt like he was not um, an advocate for gun control or, or pretty much anything. Okay. There, there's, we certainly can get in into the weeds and talking about Trump. 
but I, I'd like to stick to totally your story of what, of what you were trying to accomplish. So we really recently went to the West Side Pistol and Rifle Range. We fired Ruger, Ruger rifles. I, I, that's what they told us it was. And our trainer, John Aaron, at the, at the rifle range told us that the first bullet you fire in a handgun licensed in New York State, that first bullet costs $2,000, according to his, you know, because of all the difficulty it is to, 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 to get that license. Um, the fees and, and et cetera. He says it's a wonky system. Is the New York State gun licensing laws wonky? Wonky is, is, is one way to put it. Um, what I'm really advocating here is not really for more or less gun control. It's, it's for intelligent gun control. And the system that we have now allows the NYPD complete discretion uh, over who gets a license. And, and the problem with that is, well, partially that the NYP doesn't have good discretion in general and over many things, um, but also that they've been caught accepting bribes for gun licenses for the last 100 years. And you can literally go back decade after decade and find instances where they've done this. Okay, I want to get, get to that because I want to do more of kind of a, of a timeline of your, your attempt to get this license. So you began applying for a handgun carry license in December 2016. So that's going on a year and a half ago, two years ago. Why did you want a handgun in the city? Partially it, it was, uh, you know, you, know you, you move somewhere else, you get a license to carry a handgun, it feels normal, and then all of a sudden you, you go back to New York and it's, 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 it just feels very unusual to, to be forcibly disarmed. Um, so I, I wanted to test the adage, you know, I, I grew up here and the adage was always that you have to know someone to get a, a, a gun license in New York City. And I, I really wanted to test that. I thought that as someone mm-hmm. who's... Uh, familiar with how to make legal processes happen that, uh, you know, maybe it would be possible to get one or maybe I'd, I'd prove it the other way. So what would anyone who's trying to get a license, how do you start the process of getting a license, a handgun carry license? Because it's a different license having in your home as to have a carry license, meaning you carry outside the home. Sure. The, the, the process is actually almost exactly the same whether you're applying for the full carry license or for the home license. You have to start by gathering together a, a whole collection of documents. I, I think it was more than a dozen pieces of paper uh, ranging from multiple forms of ID, one of which has to be a New York State uh, DMV-issued ID and a passport and birth certificate and pay a filing fee of $429, if I remember correctly, um, provide them tax returns, provide them uh, all sorts of notarized letters and affidavits and application forms. So, so the gathering of the paperwork is, is the first step. That, that's, it, it seemed, I mean, the way you described it in your blog, pretty onerous, the amount of paperwork that was required to do this. It, it was, and that was just the start. So once you submit this, the next step in the process is they'll, they'll take your documents and they'll take your fingerprints uh, and then they'll send you a letter in the mail requesting a whole bunch of other documents depending on what you've uh, applied for. And I, I think that's where the process starts to differ between uh, a home gun license application and uh, a carry gun license application is, is that the process starts to, to become a little more intense. And, and one of the uh, problems you had had to do with the personal questions they were asking you. And you did bring it up to the court, and we'll get to that in a second. What was it they were asking you? Why did you feel it was too personal? So it's more than just that some of the questions were, were very personal. It's that they weren't related to my uh, ability to, to safely carry a handgun. And I, I figured that these questions are, are merely subterfuge by the NYPD to come up with reasons to deny them, uh, to deny applications to people. And what were the questions? I mean, could you give like an example of one that you felt Sure. Um, th- there were three questions that, that I, I, I told them I wouldn't answer. One was, have you ever been discharged from employment ever? If you've ever been laid off, if you, you know, any, anything, uh, they requested that, that, that you tell them about it. Another was, have you ever taken any uh, what they called narcotic or tranquilizing medication? Mm-hmm. So if you've ever had a surgery ever, you need to go and tell them about that surgery. Uh, and the way and the way that you were um, thinking through this, I maybe as a lawyer, was that this then presents um, reasons for them to refuse, and you felt there was no these these were not reasonable questions. Exactly, and, and with that last question, I actually submitted a freedom of information law request uh, a couple years before to ask them how they evaluate that question. Do they have doctors on staff? Do they have any kind of medical guidance? And and the answer when that that response to my public records request came back is no, they they don't have any standards at all. Right. So as far as you know, you're you're not even sure who's been who looks at this, 
who is uh, who's examining these questions or making judgments on them, or, or whether they do any research into the background of them. Uh, it, it, the people that are looking at this are, are police officers in, yeah. in the NYPD. There's, yeah. there's certainly no uh, outside experts that are reviewing these applications. Let, let's talk about the police part of it. You uh, were uh, asked to or request, not quite required to contact the local police precinct in, in your, wherever you're living in the city as part of the process. Why, why did they ask you to do that? Well, the uh, gun license applications in New York City are uh, handled entirely by the NYPD, and they require an in-person meeting, uh, ostensibly to interview um, each person. But what I found when I went to the in-person meeting is, is they, it really was just another barrier. When I went to the in-person meeting, they, they basically said to me, eh, your documents are in order. You're probably not going to be granted a license since you didn't give us a good reason. Uh, but thanks very much. They, they, the interview didn't consist of any... Uh, kind of delving into my history or anything like that. Oh. Um, several weeks later, from that interview, as I understand, you got a, uh, um, a notice, a letter titled Notice of Disapproval. I mean, that did you kind of expect that's what you were going to get? I mean, that's what they told me I should expect to get. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That, did they give you reasons for the denial? Was there anything in the letter that said... Yeah, the, 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 the primary reason was that I didn't give them uh, a good reason to grant the application. The, the NYPD feels that anyone who wants a gun license should have to explain themselves, should have to go in and say, I want my gun license because uh, typically the reasons they allow are I carry a whole lot of money or I uh, have been a victim of uh, crimes and fear a repeat of that for some reason. Right. And you, and you uh, and we're going to get to that, clearly make other arguments for, for um, a reason to, uh, to have a license in the uh, carry license in the city. Um, after you appealed the dispro disapproval notice, something happened to the commanding officer of the New York Police Department Licensing Division. And I don't know if you had anything to do with that, but maybe you can tell us what happened to Deputy Inspector Michael Endel. Yeah, I definitely didn't have anything to do with this. This was just interesting timing. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, the, the NYPD has been caught uh, decade after decade, taking bribes for gun licenses. and uh, Taking bribes for gun licenses? Yeah, literally taking cash, sometimes taking uh, and this uh, has never been no, alcohol, strip club visits. I mean, this this was no. uh, an intense uh, it's never It's never been uh, litigated or um, charges made? or I mean, Well, there's one guy, Deputy Inspector Michael Endel, he... He got removed. Yeah, so there, there have been plenty of officers who have faced sanctions for their misconduct, but that still doesn't help the fact that, first of all, the ordinary citizen can't get a license because they didn't give a bribe. And second of all, all of these licenses were given out to people who did give a bribe, and they frankly might be dangerous people. Yeah, well, they, they broke the law by giving a bribe. So there's two sides of the breaking of the laws, the, the acceptance and the giving of Certainly. it. Certainly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So this went as far as the New York Supreme Court Appellate Division. You were there um, giving testimony uh, last week, in fact. Uh, last Tuesday, it was like just, just, just a week ago. You, you spoke and I, I, I listened to it. And a key reason they gave for denying the license, as you said, is that you did not have a good enough reason for carrying. That the reason had to be I was in danger. And you argued otherwise that you did not have to get a, give a reason for carrying, that you had the constitutional right to carry in the city. Yep. Can you explain that? The, the right to carry? Yeah. Sure. The, the Supreme Court has, has been pretty clear that um, at, at this point, Second Amendment rights are individual rights that are granted to the people. It's not a, member of, a matter of being in a militia. It's not something that can be denied by the state. And, and the Second Amendment contains two parts, the right to keep and the right to bear arms. Um, the right to bear arms, there, there's, there's no way of construing that other than to be able to carry them on your person. So this is, I mean, very literal text. Uh, from the, the Second Amendment to the Constitution. Okay. I wanted to hear a bit from that uh, court uh, testimony that you gave. Uh, you can uh, hear the whole thing. You did not have a lot of time to make your argument, uh, and the New York City lawyer was there, and um, I did not think she did as good a job as, as, as you did. She was Thank kind you. of flumping all over the place. But I want to play a little bit of your uh, testimony. Certainly the judge disallowed certain aspects of your argument, um, I don't know if you want to kind of get into that, but basically your argument was what, 
we just stated. So let's listen to a little bit of your testimony at the uh, Supreme Court of New York. For, for almost anyone sitting in this courtroom, even attorneys, your honors are accepted from this law. I, I may have made that unclear by my quest, by my, the premise to my question. Uh, if we're just talking even full carries, so just full carries, you, you agree, do, do you not, that not everyone is entitled to have a full carry? Under current restrictions, that is the way the NYPD sees things. Well, do you agree, do you agree that's good law? Absolutely not. Second Amendment rights are not. What you're saying is everyone is entitled to a full carry. Everyone who otherwise meets the restrictions that the Supreme Court is allowed, such as age and criminal history and citizenship, yes, should be entitled to a license so long as there's not a disqualifying reason. If someone has a mental illness that prevents them from doing it, a criminal conviction, that's another thing. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about just the ordinary law-abiding citizen. Thank you. So, so there is just a little bit of about five minutes of testimony that, that you gave. The judges didn't seem to be on your side. They seemed to be arguing uh, uh, against you. Uh, when do you hear the results of this? Uh, the results usually take a couple months. They, they can, uh, it's really at their pleasure. Okay, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little pushback, all right, from, from uh, maybe what you might identify as a liberal point of view. You argue that large, in, this is your argument in your, in your uh, blog, is that large numbers of citizens carrying handguns does not put the general public in danger. And you point, uh, as part of your evidence, is that Texas uh, has 1.2 million licenses out of 28 million residents, um, I'm quoting from your blog, and that Texas is responsible for less than a third of 1% of crimes in this country. And, and I, I pulled that from your, from your blog. Let me, let me just pull out a, another statistic from the CDC, um, the, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, according to gun-related deaths, this is all gun-related deaths, this is by suicide, by accident, by you know, any gun-related death, Texas has 12.1 per 100,000 deaths of any type. New York, with the very strict gun laws, that the ones that are preventing you from having a carry license, has 4.4, about a third less per 100,000. Let me add one more thing, and then I'd, I'd like to hear your response. Many of us in, in the city would be troubled, I, or let me talk about myself. I'd be troubled if there, I knew there were many, many New York City residents. Um, and I love New York City residents, but we're wild, crazy people, and I do see them getting angry. We have a lot of make-my-day moments in this city all the time. Um, I, I would feel not safe if I knew they were carrying handguns. Is that fear simple-minded? Am, am, I, am I going too far with that? Uh, I wouldn't call it simple-minded at all, um, but uh, I, I would say it's, it's more emotional that rather than based on logic. I'm sure, I'm sure you've been to different cities that have different gun laws where people are carrying around you all the time. And, uh, and I, I wouldn't I, even know it. Yeah, I, I can't imagine you, you, you walked around uh, you know, your yeah. visit to Texas or wherever you went. Um, you know, in fear that someone was about to shoot you, but yeah. and you you kind of you kind of gave away the the, the story um, before when you mentioned that the CDC statistics uh, include not gun crimes but gun deaths, and the the fact of the matter is that the majority of people killed by handguns uh, are committing suicide, and so you know if if in New York we have fewer guns and people choose to commit suicide by a different reason, that would explain why, uh, you know, in Texas, uh, they, they uh, have easy access to guns and they choose that as their uh, preferred method to end things. And yeah. you know, it's, it's morbid and, and, and tragic to think about, um, but I, I don't think it really has to do with the gun violence issue that's kind of uh, uh, fueling public debate at the moment. There's a lot of points to this argument. It's very complex, and I, I'm not going to push back anymore. No, <laughs> it's, it's quite all right. Please. Yeah, yeah, because we, we do have other guests. We're going to be listening to some... Um, gun prevention ad advocates and are looking for more regu regulations for guns in there. It's a different point of view. So again, this is a large, complex issue. And John, I want to thank you so much for joining us and talking about this. Let us know what the outcome of this decision is. I think we already know what it is, <laughs> uh, depending on the politics and the uh, temper of people's feelings in, in this state. Um, I'm more interested in is anything going to be done about the corruption within the police um, department in, in relation to giving out licenses? Because that, to me, seems very 
dangerous. Are you going to be following up on that in your, I, on your blog? I definitely will. I, I think the, the problem is that until we see a change in the discretion given to these officers, we're mm -hmm. still going to see the bribery. People are willing to pay tens of thousands of dollars. And when officers are faced with that amount of money just to sign a piece of paper, history has shown Maybe that they, the they do it. If we could have some way that we could uh, write down what you need to do to get a gun license and have it be less discretionary, mm -hmm. have it not be, well, you didn't give a good enough reason to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the desk sergeant that was sitting there at the time. I think that's the way we was need having to go. indigestion at that moment and uh, just didn't want to. Yeah, just didn't like your, you. Yeah, didn't like you. Didn't like yeah. you. John Corbett is a civil rights advocate. Um, he writes a blog called professionaltroublemaker.com, and he's also on Twitter. And it's been a great pleasure, John, having you on Bar Crawl Radio. And again, please let us know what happens uh, as, as you move forward with this. This is Bar Crawl Radio, and uh, we are here at Gephardt's on West 72nd Street on the Upper West Side of New York. And we'll be right back with three um, women who advocate for stronger gun laws. We'll be right back. The Second Amendment gives U.S. citizens the right to own and bear arms, carry guns. And we are a country split on what that means and the effect of so many guns being available in this country. According to the Congressional Research Service, there are twice as many guns per person in the U.S. now than in 1968, more than 300 million guns. And gun manufacturing has been increasing, 11 million guns in 2013. That was the year after the Sandy Hook Elementary School mass killing, with the largest increase in manufacturing of pistols and rifles. Do we need more guns in our homes and schools and streets or stricter gun laws? With us are three women who advocate for the latter. Marie Dellis is a Marine veteran of Desert Storm, a qualified sharpshooter, and a New York City spokesperson and outreach coordinator for Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America, amongst other organizations advocating for gun safety. Shannon Van Esley is the president of the Brady Campaign to Prevent Gun Violence, the New York City chapter, and an active spokesperson on gun safety. And Johnny Mae Robinson is a Million Mom March alumni and active Brady Campaign member. Welcome to Bar Crow Radio. Thank you. Hi. Thank you. Hi. So great to have you. So for this conversation, uh, we just spoke with John Corbett, who has been arguing on his blog um, and in court to obtain a handgun carry license. Handgun carry license. Is he wrong in wanting to defend his Second Amendment right to carry and own a and, and to own and carry a gun handgun in New York City? Marie, yeah. take well. it away. <laughs> <laughs> we were actually talking about it because I was repeating everything he was saying. You, so you um, were listening to what he was saying? Of course I was listening to what he right, was this, saying. This and I Marie. actually read about him and I read about this case also before I even came here. No, I mean, our organization, Moms of Man Action, and a lot of advocates, and of course I'm a Marine, so I believe in the Second Amendment right. So it's not an issue of of the Second Amendment rights. I don't believe in constitutional carry like he does. I don't believe the Bible gives us a right to carry a gun. I do not believe that. I do believe in the Second Amendment. I believe the Second Amendment does have regulated, uh, regulated in the Second Amendment, even though I noticed that he didn't mention that. And it does have sp certain you know, guidelines. Uh -huh. So with that said, I'm not going to argue that he should not have a right to carry right a gun to defend himself and to also to defend his family however his point about how he does not want to answer certain questions because he doesn't think is relevant it to me i believe is a little bit uh far-fetched it's almost like you're telling me i could go to dmv and just say hey i want a driver's license i don't need to pass the test and answer a question and then he talks about how certain questions, because they talk about the narcotics and tranquils, that's with the HIPAA law. So it's a, you're telling me I should go to the Red Cross and give blood and refuse to tell them whether I've been to certain states or countries that have diseases. So pretty much you just want to be able to have a gun, just, just to have a gun. And what I love about the New York State, living in New York, is that we have the New York Safe Act, which requires certain um, rules and regulations to be able to carry. We, is, we are not a constitutional carry state. 
I don't want to live in a constitutional carry nope. state. So in my in my opinion, I mean, yes, we do support the Second Amendment. Yes, we do support the the right to bear arms, but it's about gun violence. It's not about your fetish to own a gun. Because I haven't, that I was listening to him, I haven't heard any reason besides that he thinks it's his God-given right to carry a gun. And I'm saying to you that with all the gun violence that happened in New York and across the country, we need to have stronger gun regulations. So it's a two-part question. Can, can, can I ask, Shannon, I, I listened, yeah. you, were, you were podcasting just recently on a show, and I forget the name of the show you were podcasting oh, on. Oh, yeah, what was that show it called? Was a gun, it was a gun um, um, prevention yeah. show. It was like, it, it was like... Um, Probably six months or a year ago, so I actually can't remember the name. Okay, but they were loaded they're, conversations, maybe. No, were, oh. well, it could be. But that's, it was loaded something. It was like a play on words. But you, um, uh, during that, is either you or the uh, the moderator was talking about a story about people in New Jersey firing off guns, and uh, maybe you haven't listened in a while, and about two guys living across from each other, and they were shooting at each other oh, as yeah, a game. Maybe. Oh, they were playing uh, a game. Was it New Jersey? I, I think the moderator was from Columbus, Ohio. So, oh, so maybe it might it was have there. been. And I'm not. But it was a carry state. Right. Yeah, I'm not familiar with their local. You know, I mean, yeah. obviously, yeah, it's carry state. Um, yeah, I'm. I don't recall that right. part of the conversation. Well, I, was, I was just, I was just listening to Marie, and it just it it makes me. I'm I'm scared. I mean, I told well, the John, it's like the thought of like New Yorkers, thousands of New Yorkers walking around there's with a lot with, of a, us with here. you know packing. I don't know. It's like may, maybe it is, you know, irrational. Well, and you know, we we also do know that that stronger gun laws make for safer environments. So it's kind of like, you know, he he can advocate for himself, and that's what you're into. That's what you're into. But I didn't like we, the the part where he was talking about how the it's emotional and it's irrational. All right, I don't believe it. I believe that we have flight and fight or flight yeah. instinct. Is that fight or flight emotional, or is that um, cerebral? That you know, if you're in danger, you have to either fight or run. These the, the pro gun rights or take out a gun and fire. All that, but pro gun. <laughs> hopefully, not in New York State or New York City. But uh, pro guns advocates have this analogy from the, in the National Rifle Association, which believe a good guy with a gun would stop a bad guy with a gun. Yeah, we, that we is played, we played statistically that quote. incorrect. Right. Okay, we have a lot of officers in New York State. New York City, and we still have gun violence here. We still, a lot of the countries that have open carry and have, um, and again, it's not about the Second Amendment, it's not a right about your right to bear arms, but it's, it's just statistically correct that the more guns you have, the more there's gun violence in your community. You know what I mean? So they just really have to start thinking about this problem in a positive, and not just say, oh, just as a woman, it's emotional, and we're scared. I'm not scared of a gun. I mean, I was very proficient. I had an M16. I just shot an um, M9 in Texas like two years ago just to see if I'm still proficient. I'm an NRA member. You know, I'm a former Marine. I'm not scared of a gun. I'm not scared of you. So you if I'm telling guns? you, and, and no, I don't own guns because I choose not to own guns. That's the biggest, because if I had gone to the NYPD, I could get a gun license if I want to because I don't have any... Um, background in criminal, and I will answer those three questions uh -huh. in order to get a gun. Uh -huh. I decide I do not want to have a gun in the house because I have two young men in the house, and that's not what I, the life that I want to live. But that's just me, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not afraid of a gun, and I'm not afraid of the issue, and it, it's, get, it's become very disheartening when they try to make it into an emotional women or children issue. No, it's about saving lives. And what pro-gun advocates do not understand is that when you start talking like that, you shut off conversation with everybody because we're thinking that you don't care about us or our kids. You care about your gun. So if you're a parent, who are you going to protect more? Your kids, right? So you just shut down all the conversation. We don't need to be where you're at all the time. You need to be where we're at, and we need to compromise this and resolve the problem. The problem is gun violence. We need to stop gun violence, you know? So that's just my point. So you're all... Marie. Also, I don't mean to take over the show. No, do I'm like, do your thing, do your thing. But you better I, take it. Book us some yeah, other time. Let her go for it. But I just look at it as uh, grassroots in a community level. And when you look at the community level, you're looking at, again, everybody carrying a weapon. Me carrying a weapon. I have two sons in the home. They carry a weapon. Their friends carry a weapon. Everybody's coming in the house with a weapon. That's just not feasible in the neighborhoods now and in, in New York City. It wouldn't work. 
just wouldn't work. That means everybody gets to fire. So I get pissed off at you, and I really don't like you. I have my gun, and I can use it. Yeah, we right? were talking and about make my day moments. Yeah. You know, that happens, and you got the, the gun. Look at the train. I mean, I just came on the train. It could have been a plenty of times. I could have been like, oh, my God, somebody could have exactly. Step up just because somebody got. And think about accuracy yeah. on top of that. Marie, you're a sharpshooter, so yeah. you know what it's all. Exactly. What that's all about. But, I mean, right. we're talking about, like, a, a trained police force that only hits the target 15, 20% of the exactly. time. I don't know the exact stat. Exactly. But, so you're going to arm the general public with the largest population in the country just to and another thing it's that I find wild west stuff that's not cool with a lot of the pro-gun violence they 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 the pro-gun rights they really are more concerned and I don't want to make it into a color thing but they're more concerned with their color yeah. if you see a black man and I tell my pro-gun rights because I've had a conversation with pro-gun writers um, um, recipients the people that fight for pro-guns. And I say, why don't you meet me in Brownville at 3 o'clock in the morning and mm -hmm. talk about, <laughs> you know, you, wanna, um, you want to advocate for bearing arms. Because if you see a black man with a hoodie walking towards you in Brownsville with a gun, not to say that it would happen, I'm just saying this is just one of, the, <laughs> one of the examples I use, you would be a little bit more conscious about who should own a gun. Not everyone should be able to bear arms. If you're a criminal, if, you're, if you are dangerously mentally ill, you shouldn't have a gun. If you are, have a domestic violence, you know, you have women who are being killed nine times out of, um, in the United States per day because, they, because of domestic violence abuse. It's not right. And one of the comments I wanted to make is, you know, besides being a Marine, I'm also a gun violence um, survivor. And being a gun violence survivor means that I lost somebody due to gun violence, and I lost a nephew in 2008. Mm -hmm. This issue is very personal to me. You and know? Yeah. And Johnny, we may I know you, you, you also suffered from gun yes, violence directly. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I can. Um, okay. It's amazing. Uh, just again, when we did the march, I, my son was 21 years old, uh, living in the neighborhood. Uh, Brownsville. I live in Brownsville. Oh, there you go. Well. <laughs> I live in Brownsville. Uh, unauthorized gun got into the hands of him, and he was shot, killed instantly. Uh, walking into my neighborhood, again, is, is it dangerous? It can be. That's just like any other neighborhood that you see also, too. But we marched on Washington in the year 2000, and I was just telling the ladies, here we are again, 19, 19 years later, and things have still not changed to where we need them to be when it comes to um, guns, having a gun. So when, I'm like Marie, this is personal to me. Uh, sometimes I get real emotional because I'm angry. Like, I still have two sons. They have friends. They need friends. I had a son one time, he was wearing shirts with wrist. He had more T-shirts with RIPs on it. I'm like, we can't do this. And these are RIPs that come from the result of a gun wound or over 20, sometimes yeah. over 25, 20, 35 shirts with RIPs. Like, who does that? So we need to catch up and not have guns in our neighborhood. So I have a question. Um, Alan too thinks that this is a, a, a racial issue. Is there um, in those societies, in those parts of the country where it's um, where the the gun laws are not as restrictive? Is, do you think there's equal access to have to carrying a gun? I or don't. do you think it's that that there's something a systemic, you know, um, way of keeping black people from carrying guns? I don't believe uh, because especially all the killing and I and I can't remember his name at this time. It starts with a P. So, and I know him. I, I've actually marched for him. But um, the young man who was in, who actually had the gun in the car and got Philander shot. Philander Castillo. Philander, thank you. Because for some reason, there's so many of um, our black brothers. Yeah, and too many names, right? Killed. Oh, it's crazy. So he had, he had a gun in the car. And he told the officer he had a gun, and his girlfriend said that he got shot. The officer got so scared. Now, if it was a white male with a gun, I don't think the reaction would have been the same. No, and just to not. talk about Brownville, I'm born and raised Brownville, too. So, you know, I'm repping Brooklyn, I'm repping Brownville, so it's no disrespect to my peeps out there. <laughs> I was just using that example just whenever I speak to pro-gunners because of that very issue. You want to fight as a white man to bear arms, but you're not going to fight for a black woman and black man to bear arms because you think most of us are criminals, and I think it's wrong. If you're going to fight that fight, fight it for all of us, you know? That's my opinion. So I really do think it's a race issue, and I'm very concerned recently with the whole teacher's teachers should have arms. I completely oh. disagree with that well, issue. Well, and then you hear about there, uh, one, of the, one of the teachers left a gun on his desk, and a kid was, ax was injured by a gun. I mean, it's, it's just wacky. So I'd like to know, your, your members of uh, the Brady campaign, 
and the, women's and the moms demand mom action. Demand. For yes. So what do you do with these organizations? I'm reading to Marie's T-shirt. <laughs> 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 I'm glad your eyes are actually yeah. reading the words. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the words. I'm just looking at the words. <laughs> Some people are comfortable. This is not looking. a Me Too movement. No. Mine are in the back. I'd have to turn around. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, why, Johnny May, why did you join this organization and well, what? Brady, Brady brings action. I, I look at all, again, no disrespect to any of the other grassroots organizations. We march, we, we, we tally, we rally, we talk about it, we cry, we mourn, we put up um, shrines and everything, but we don't write. Brady writes. They have lawyers, they write. They put in action, it goes to the right people, and it's stamped. So and it's then, legal action. So it's very smart, a very smart way yes. to fight. So, so what, are, what are you looking for now? What kind of changes in our laws are you well, looking so right, for? Right now, Brady has, uh, has a three-point plan that they're focusing on. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot that, that Brady does, but, je- but right now, in a nutshell, they're looking at uh, still concentrating on expanding Brady background checks. Um, which need to be fixed. <laughs> We're working on it. We're trying to get that legislation out there and going. Chris Murphy has a bill. It's you know, it, it's at equal footing with Brady's want for an assault weapons ban at this point too. Those are two out of the three points. The third point is extreme risk protection orders, which is getting uh, guns out of the hands of individuals that could be a threat to themselves or others or. Uh, amount of time and each of these are three key points that are in the news and are being talked yes. about i wanted to and just we were talking about them i mean I, we, all these groups were talking about these things prior to yeah, them being in the news yeah it's one of those it's, it's kind of logical but yes I, I just wanted to to uh, to talk a little bit about background checks because that's yes. a big kind of key part of this we work with an organization called american scoreboard and uh, what they do is they read the hearings congressional hearings just verbatim by actors. I mean, I could, cool. I could, I could put you in. Give me I a could, job. I, could, I, could, I, could, I, don't, I don't know if they pay anybody, but they do get some high-powered actors. No, to no, kind I of work brief. for free all the time. It's fine. Okay, right. I, I know that. So American Scoreboard producers Christopher Burney and Fran Kermser read a selection of the December 6, 2017 Senate Judiciary Committee hearing on proposed legislation that would update the nation's criminal background check system. Yes. And they read from the transcript of the discussion between Republican Senator John Cornyn mm. from Texas yes. and Douglas Lindquist, this assistant director of the FBI. And I want to play the segment that they read. Uh, it begins with Lindquist, who is the FBI guy, explaining the various systems used, kind of the process that's used to create background checks on someone who wants to buy a gun. Right. You've covered the gambit of the three records we check for background checks and weapons purchases. Criminal history is in triple I. That is, people that have been arrested and convicted of crimes. So that information is in triple I. NCIC has information that is active wants and warrants, and those can be protection orders as well. And if it doesn't fit into either of those categories, it will go into the NICS indices for us to be able to refer to as well, specifically to a firearms purchase. That strikes me as pretty complicated. You know, after Sandy Hook, we tried, and Aurora, which were mentioned by Senator Feinstein, we tried to look at the mental health issues and we provided additional tools to family members in the 21st century cures bill to try to help family members and intercede when their own loved one is mentally ill but not compliant with doctor's orders not receiving treatment but it seems to me there is no clearer um, cause and effect between tragedy and potential prevention of that tragedy than improving the background check system. But as you've described it, it's exceedingly complex because it's not only crime convictions, it's domestic violence protective orders in divorce cases and custody disputes, and it's mental health commitments. We just simply have to do better. So we have to do better. What are your organizations doing to improve the background check process? Well, my organization, as we mentioned, is Moms and Men Action for Gun Sense in America. And my organization is also a legislative organization. We have a group. We also have a subgroup of survivors where we give survivor opportunity to, to speak their story and to have a voice in the movement, but we also love legislative. And ours is universal background check also. 
We also have two bills, which is one which is called the red flag, which is the extreme risk protective order, which means that if you are uh, in danger of harming yourself or others, that the cops could come in and take your gun, and you have to go through, uh, through the court processes. But that's one of the things. And then we also have... Um, we also want the Enforcement Preventive Act of Gun Violence, which means that we would like to have research because the NRA stopped mm -hmm. all research. So we cannot tell what are the bills and what are the actions that's going to stop gun violence. With wow. that said, the reason why one of our major, and we agree with Brady, is the universal background check. The reason why we talk about universal background check is because not all guns are go through the background check. And pro-gun owners would like to say that all gun sales go, no, it's not. There is such a thing called loopholes, right? You have the loopholes where if you go to private gun sales, you don't require a background check. These are the loopholes that we will have. You have the no fly, no buy. You could actually be on the list as a terrorist that you can't fly a plane, but you still could purchase a background. You could still purchase a gun. Wow. You have domestic violence abusers who actually, within the it's, it's statistics say within the 72 hours of someone who would say, like, I'm divorcing you or I want to put an order protection, they could actually go out and get a gun, right? Universal background check, I, I believe, we believe, and it was also yes. when um, that is going to protect lives. That means every gun, and all. Oh, let's not mention the internet uh, loophole. Right, internet it's gun shows. The gun shows where you could buy a gun from the we internet. We want those loopholes. We want all those loopholes. So we actually do believe, yes, that universal background check, meaning every gun purchase going through a background check, will, will help uh, prevent gun violence. You can, I mean, you can, say, you can say the system is flawed, the system is flawed. Yeah, I mean, eight out of, what is it, 80% uh, of guns... 80% go through background checks. That means one out of five guns are not. That's a lot of guns. That's a lot of guns. That's 20%. That's a lot. That's a lot of guns. You got to close those 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 gun show loopholes. You got to close those internet sale loopholes. You got to get the system, you know. What about the fact that every state has a different kind of law when it comes to background checks? And this is why we were worried about concealed carry reciprocity. And that's what the young man that was here earlier was talking about. Oh, I have a permit in Florida. I should be able to carry in New York. No, you should not be able to carry in New York. Thank God because, you know, God rest in peace to the death in Parkland High School. You know, the MSD, I just want to, you know, give a moment of a prayer for all the 17 beautiful children that was lost. But because of that happening, and, they, and don't forget the Pulse nightclub, they, the Florida did not do anything, right, until after Parkland. Thank God they decided. So now I can look at Florida and say they have good laws. But beforehand, Florida, Texas, you could just open carry. You could get a gun anywhere. I don't want you to come to New York unless you have strict gun laws, Right, you should not be able to believe that you have concealed carry in one Florida. It's almost like when people talk about Chicago and New York, we still have gun violence. The reason why we have gun violence is because the state around us have lax gun laws. You, we have guns coming out of I ninety five to New York mm -hmm. all the time. You know, so it's it's that's our stance, right? Gun violence prevention, research, the red flag law, which is extreme risk protective order all these universal background check when it none of these laws are stopping you from owning guns all these laws are just saying you need to be responsible gun owner to protect yourself and protect us in the community that's, that's what, what we're I, saying that's, so that we that's what i don't safe. get we're not trying to take you we're not take a to gun from your cold dead laws. hands that's, that's safe gun laws. that's it safe yeah safe <laughs> so the the red flag law is that the one that's um that's just been passed in albany by the assembly and they're waiting to pass it by the or is it a different law there's a law that that i understand was just passed by the assembly that allows people that are um, concerned about their loved ones, concerned yes. about somebody that's they know. extreme risk yes. protection or risk yeah. protection, right? And is, is that yes, that's the one. That's the extreme risk um, protection. That's called also called the red flag law, and and yes, there's a lot of states that's actually passing it, right? Which is really amazing, but I think a lot of us uh, gun violence. Uh, Prevention group would like it to happen on the federal level. Yeah, we want we want exactly we, we want, want Congress across the board. exactly across the board to make sure that we all follow the same rules and we're all on board. But it's, it it tends to happen like this historically, right? And I mean, you know this, uh, Johnny May, through working with Million Mom March, is that like a lot of these laws and things change uh, regionally or, or within locales, and then they pick up steam, and one by one, it kind of becomes like a, yeah. a, a national effort that people can get behind. But it, 
it still remains the same. Yeah. It yeah. remains the same. Yeah, right. It still yeah. remains the same. I mean, so, again, so then are we doing enough? I mean, the, the high school students from all over the country walked out of their classrooms last week uh. and will march in a few days to protest the lack of government action. And we just what asked two young people, are, 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 do you feel like you're going to do something? And they were... They are were they? Well, they <laughs> said well, they, they were. They, they were 14-year-olds and 8-year-olds. They said, they're, they're are you going to follow through? I'm and they said they were. So what I'm more needs to be done? I'm one of those tired advocates, right? I've been doing this for five years, so I've been doing a lot less than <laughs> Johnny <laughs> May because she's been going raw, uh, strong for years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what do you it's think, a, Johnny so May? What, Johnny more? Um, tell you. what more needs to be done? I, I'm still at a loss for words. Again, 20 years later, like it's still the same, but... Um, we were uh, conversating, we was laughing because we said, these are the children that birthed out of the Million Mom March. Because yes. when you look at it, this is 19 years ago, these are 18 and 19 year olds. Mm -hmm. So we would like to think that the empowerment and the impact and the engagement now of social media, uh, uh, Twitter, everything that these children do is gonna be a big impact. And as adults, then we are now going to be listening to our children and we're going to be helping them and doing a straightforward with them. Well, hey, Martin Luther King got children involved in so Birmingham, that, and, it, and, and people saw pictures of them in the newspaper and said, you know, something's gotta change. So I'm but thinking, so what I'm thinking now with these young people, I think we're gonna hit the mark. We have to. Yeah. Uh, and they have you there to support them too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we support, support, we them. listen. If we listen, we support, it's and we go with it. Uh, I think there's going to be a big change. And I think I, I was joking with the young ladies earlier that the fact is, I think one of my favorite saying of the Parkland teens is like, you either change now or because we, we're going to outlive you. So if when you we outlive you, we'll change later. So that's what they're saying to Congress. And it's truth. I mean, it's, it's morbid, but it's actually true. Well, it's the they're children of Israel me. in the desert. Exactly. So great. <laughs> make it happen now or we'll make it happen later. So. Thank you, ladies. We want to thank you, Marie Dellis of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America and Shannon Mc. I can be a McFinnessly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I always Patrick's mess up. I always it's mess up. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. It's fine. Shannon Van Esley and Johnny B. Robinson of Brady Campaign New York City Chapter and Million Mom March. Thanks very much for joining us in this very important us. Thank you for having us. Thank you, having us. Seriously. Thank you so, Thank so, you so very much. much. That, was, that was terrific. We are Bar Crawl Radio. And that is our podcast for today. Next month, we'll be reporting on and tasting the beers of New York City. Join us. Local micro and macro brewers will be telling their stories of their special beers. Watch our Facebook page for further information and dates for the recording. And, uh, sweetie. Yeah. I think that's a show. I think that's it. Here we go. Oh, no, he's been on a show he's several smart. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Several times. Students around the nation have been scared to go to school. And never again, we believe that someone under 21 should have a gun. Never again should a mentally ill person be able to buy any kind of weapon of war. Never again should a parent have to fear for a child going to school. Never again should a parent have to bury a child. Never again should our voice be drowned by the NRA. And never again should we have to say never again. <laughs>